This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Eve. Welcome to Demi Goddess, a podcast hosted by me, Demi Burnett. You probably know me from my time on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, or maybe you came across me in the depths of Bachelor Reddit and decided to stick around. Well, buckle up, Buttercup, because my autistic sober ass tells it like it is. Demi Goddess is a podcast where I break down stereotypes and give you my hot takes on just about everything, from roasting former bachelors to playing Guess the Sex Toy. I don't really give a shit. Plus, I chat with some amazing guests, Today, I'm talking to Bachelor Nation vlogger Dave Neal. Dave recently posted a video about my autism diagnosis and sobriety, and unlike other men with access to the internet, Dave's content is positive and kind. Demi Goddess is available on all podcast platforms, or you can watch this full episode on our Eve YouTube channel. So rate, review, and subscribe. Okay, it's time to start the show. I'm here with my producer, Clementine, and things are about to get spicy. All right, people, 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 shut your pie holes, please. I have something important to talk about today. There is an epidemic happening in America, and it is that a lot of women are coming out saying, hey, I just got diagnosed autistic. And there are a lot of people saying, why is it trendy to be autistic now? Why do people want to, want to be autistic, blah, blah, blah. And here is what they're failing to realize. It's not that all of a sudden we just decided we were autistic. It's that there's a large margin of women that ha- that went undiagnosed as children that are now emerging due to the resources and information on the internet and are realizing that we have been autistic this entire time and the mental health care system has failed us. Yes. Also, I read that apparently sensory difficulties can and some people get worse with age. Yeah, and also, like, the trauma of being told to get used to it. So being forced to, being told that you're not having a sensory issue, uh, so then you have to forego it. You are literally traumatizing your brain and forcing your brain to not, uh, to ignore that. So then whenever I'm on my own and I get to make my own decisions and I live my life the way that I want to with the proper supports that I need, I am listening to my body and I am letting myself forgive myself and truly hear what my body's trying to tell me. And it's telling me that that noise is going to cause me to murder a family of five. So I can put in some earplugs and not only will my stress levels go down, but no families will get murdered. Yeah. As adult women that we are so frustrated with people not listening to us that we are yelling about it and we are speaking in extremes because it is extreme at that point it is uh we don't know what's going on because we haven't figured out we're autistic yet so like we are in distress we are emotional we are not 
in our right minds. And so then we try to get help for it. And we go to the professionals like we're supposed to. And they say, oh, you've got borderline personality disorder. You've got bipolar disorder. You, um, they have no idea. And the symptoms, yeah, they do look similar to that. If you look at the symptoms in the DSM. But the DSM has proven to be a failure to us simply over the fact that it's based on a study of men. Yeah. When they're misdiagnosing autistic women with BPD, that's then harmful for people who actually have BPD. I was di- misdiagnosed with that before I was diagnosed with autism. And then I got diagnosed as autistic. And then I learned about a PDA profile. And I'm like, oh, my God, this explains all of the BPD traits that I thought I had. Exactly. And um, I'm not trying to treat BPD. I'm trying to self or learn how to self-regulate for a person with a PDA profile. Exactly. So it's just a completely different way to take care of yourself. And that's why it's a problem, because if I'm treating myself for something that I don't have, I'm never really treating the problem at all or like getting my answers. So not only do we struggle. I have two really close friends who one was diagnosed with endometriosis and one with polycystic ovary syndrome um, around the ages of 25. And that's something that is present in your menstrual cycle from the first time you menstruate. But when you're a little girl menstruating so painfully, you're often just told, well, let your period is fine. Like it's going to be painful, whatever. And they just got dismissed. One girl at my high school had an ovarian cyst burst in the middle of geometry honors class. And she was in agonizing pain, like crying, had to go to the nurse. And the teachers were like, oh, I don't know. Literally, they don't, they don't care. Nobody is. Nobody cares about um, women's health issues. They just want us to appease them. Yeah. And it's really fucked up. So I, I demand a call to action for some kind of test to be made to be able to tre- uh, detect endometriosis. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people doing this, but just raising awareness. Surely the technology is, is there. It's it's mind blowing. Someone can figure it out. It's mind blowing. Come on, listeners, why don't you figure it out? Yeah, or like um, help help me with some resources on what they're doing to um, figure out how to detect endometriosis in women because obviously the pain is the pain is there, but nobody's listening to me about the pain. They don't understand how bad it is because you can't turn it on. Have like, you? Do you have it? Oh oh my gosh, endometriosis, bad. It's in my. I'm family. so sorry. It's uh, my aunt. It's the saddest story for her. Her endometriosis, endometriosis got so bad, her, it was like hundreds of rubber bands were tied around her intestines. She, they cut her open and they immediately closed her back up and said, we need a specialist. Oh, my God. She never could have kids. All she wanted was to be a mom. All, like, it was the saddest thing. My mom has uh, ovarian cysts mm-hmm. all the time. Like She struggles with endometriosis. Um, the endometriosis is a pain like something I can't explain to you because whenever it happens, it's the worst thing in the world and you want to die. But then the second that it stops, you forget how bad it was. So then you're like, oh, I don't I don't know what that was like. And then it happens again. And you're like, oh, my God, this is it. I never want to live like this is so terrible. And then it stops. and You're like, oh, yeah, it wasn't like I don't remember how bad it was. Oh, my gosh. It's like death. Insane. Do you have endometriosis? Luckily, I don't have endometriosis or PCOS, but I do have PMDD. So premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which means that the second half of my luteal phase, so right before I, I bleed, I get like intense, like dysphoric thoughts, like suicidal ideation, very depressed. And there's actually a really high com- comorbidity of PMDD and autism. Yeah, I feel like I've got that. On that one yeah, too. that sounds um, very but, interesting. So years of suffering for women, uh, demanding a call to action, please. Also, this is a note I'm going to end on, which is gut-wrenching and heartbreaking. 
Within medicine, women of color, especially black women, are underdiagnosed as there are still persistent and harmful stereotypes about them being stronger or having a higher pain threshold, which leads to being underprescribed of the appropriate medication. So that is sick. That's disgusting. That's enough pie for one day. All right. Um, everyone. Hi. Welcome to my studio. How are you? I'm good, guys. This is Dave Neal. Dave, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for seeing me and making such nice videos about me. <laughs> <laughs> is that all this is? A reward for being nice to you? This is, yeah, this is manipulation. I'll take it. I'll take it anything <laughs> I can get. Reward you so, yeah, you do it again. No, um, honestly, I, I really do. I'm so interested to talk to you because I feel like you have a very realistic take and a very thoughtful take, you know, like a lot of people just have an opinion and I feel like your opinions, you're like, no, this is very well thought out. It's like you're all cousins of mine that I want to defend because I know you're all trying your best. Right? It's like these people aren't, like you see us as like who we are as in random civilians that they plucked up off the street. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. How did you get into the Bachelor. How did you adopt us as your cousins? I was made. This is literally seven or eight years ago. I was at my girlfriend at the time, Tasha, her parents' house in Kentucky, and it was like over Christmas break or whatever. And I wanted. To, I was like, I'm going to recap the show, and I just started taking notes. And I went outside and and recorded it. And our family's judging me and all these things. What season was it? This is probably Caitlin Bristow or farther back. I don't even remember. I don't think I watched it seven yeah, or eight years it's a ago. While, it's a while ago. And I was like, all right. And I made a video. I, it's, I unlisted it. It still exists, but I took it down. But it's bad audio. And um, and uh, I just read notes. And my whole goal is no edits. None of that jump cut bullshit where everyone's like trying to be funny. Just I'm going to talk like a comic would just on stage. I'm going to present my thoughts. And then I got a bunch of comments and it didn't, it didn't take off, but it got a couple hundred views. And I was like, oh, there's an audience out there for me as a guy to just give my opinion. And I called it a guy's review, which is probably off-putting to people. Like, what, what, what do we care what he thinks? But I'm looking at it from, from a different angle because I'm just a guy. And in my audience now on YouTube, 92% of my audience is women. So they, I'm, I'm the guy that gives them maybe slightly different point of view when there's someone like a Greg Grippo who's breaking down. And I'm just seeing it, seeing it from a different site, site or even with Colton Underwood. A, you know, at the time I'm looking at his issue of toxic love and I'm going, I, well, I haven't stalked, stalked and, and harassed my ex. I've toxically been into someone where I didn't want the relationship to end. And I have to look at that and go, I don't why? think I've ever not been toxic. I'm yeah. the most toxic person you yeah. could date. So I, <laughs> That's why I don't date. I've never duct taped the tracking device. I've never had to get a, an ex to sign yeah, a, me either. any of that, but I have like maybe cried in ways that was manipulative, but didn't know it. I might've done all these things because. Well, see, didn't know it. That's the key factor. Those manipulative moments where it's survival mode. Yeah. It's like, fuck, we like we're in survival mode. Our adrenaline's pumping. And so we go to human con human communication. What do we know uh, for me for like PDA profiles? Whenever we go to that, that's like we either do um, people like harmless white lies fibbing or what I do is clownery. So whenever I, mm. uh, my adrenaline, like say I'm in a room and I say something and someone gets offended and they just like look at me like, what? Like, I, I can tell that they didn't like that. Whew, I'm in adrenaline. I'm in fight or flight mode. I'm freaking out. I know that I can't fight. I know I can't fight. I know that I can defuse this situation with 
haha, joking about it. So now I can de-escalate it by being like, um, ha, I'm just kidding. Like, I'm such a fucking idiot. Let me go stick my foot inside my ass. Right, guys? Ha ha. Let me go get tetanus and step on a rusty nail and die. Ha ha. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but that's your, it's like, it's like we do what we did when we were three. What do I got to do to get fed? And, and, and that's not good in a relationship. It's not good. And my fiance, uh, so my girlfriend at the time, now my fiance, uh, has say, has seen me grow as she has as well with our commu- communication styles. Because she, I, if I'm codependent, she's counterdependent. As much as I run and want to solve everything, she's running away. And we've had to learn to like give space. And in our relationship has flourished. I'm like the stepchild to the community that no one wants to, like, I'm not blood related. You know what I mean? I honestly had no idea you were in this community until I saw you make a video about me, which says a lot about myself. That, no, that's perfectly fine. That's, that's, I prefer it when it, whenever I actually know somebody, it then changes my sort of path towards content that I make because you build empathy, you meet someone, you understand they're trying their best. And I think the problem with a lot of bachelor audiences is that you expect everyone to be perfect. And what I love about you is that you don't pretend to be and you don't care if you get something wrong in the process of like living. Yeah, it's honestly like the majority of the time it's just survival mode. Um, so <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, I I can own whenever I, I fucked up because I'm like, yeah, I didn't make the right decision. I literally just did my best in the moment and I didn't, I wouldn't do my best again. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I wish my best was different, but like it's all survival mode. So it's like, I don't know. You know what else, though? I think the reason that the haters have never kept me down is because whenever I was younger, I was on the Internet a lot. So I didn't have like friends um, at school like I did. I had my one or two friends or whatever. I was cool with everyone. But like outside of school, I was on the Internet and people on the Internet were terrible to me. That ever since I ever got on the internet. So you think you had you already had the thick skin that others? Yeah, don't I developed get. it from like the age of six. You're like I've been bullied. This is nothing. Yeah, and me. I didn't even realize it because I hadn't thought about it. And I was like, why doesn't this stuff bother me? And I was like, oh my gosh, because I was back on Neopets forums back in the day, and I, like I was probably eight, and everyone else was like twelve. So they all were like hated my eight year old ass because I was so annoying. But I was resilient. I never stopped. Like, nobody wanted me there, but I still went every single day. And I was like, hey, guys, um, can y'all let me in the chat room now? The 13 plus chat? I'm eight, but, like, can I get in? <laughs> I think no. that's a good that's a good representation of Bachelor in Paradise, I feel like. Like, <laughs> can I please come into this? No one's asking for me to be there, but please, I would like to. I'm like, hey, guys, like, I mean, I got to I gotta try my best, right? I got to shoot my shot or whatever. Yeah. I got I to gotta take advantage of the opportunity. And um, maybe... I don't know. I guess it's just been like, okay, well, people are just going to say terrible things about me either way. So, like, I'm not going to let it get to me because they don't know me and I know me. And, like, I know that I spend so much of my time uh, committed to trying to be a good person that it doesn't matter what – whenever I die and people unveil me, unveil my life (laughs) – oops. They (laughs) unveil my life. All they will see is, wow, we we really misjudged her. Like this person okay. really all she wanted to do was be good and like committed as fuck to being good. Yeah. But um, my language is so bad. I have bad language. Like I don't say what I mean. I don't say things the right way. Um, and people value language so much more than intent. Well, I talk about this all the time as a comedian what you say or how you say it can completely change how a full audience reacts to it. So 
and again, there's no getting it right the first time. I think with the way social media has been, right, is that the Instagram is like, here's the best version of whatever I could create. Best image, smudged it, auto-tuned, filtered. And then Bachelor is the Instagram of that where you watch the show and it's curated, it's edited, it's perfectly what the producers want it to be. But then your real life is not. You're going to wear something or buy something from Shein, uh, you, know, with, with, you know, fast fashion or, or a Kanye jacket. God damn it, I knew you were going to go there. No, but these are all the, just the things. <laughs> so I go, I got, okay, so my channel, I've, I've recapped Bachelor for seven years. I would, when the season came up, I would do it. And then I would put my YouTube away in the off season. This past year during the pandemic, I started uh, uh, making commentary on the off the show stuff. Colton Underwood's text messages. Just by reading his text messages, I got hundreds of thousands of views. And then YouTube was like, let's get more of this. And it just became constant daily content that became three to five videos a day, right? And, oh my God, yeah, exhausting. It, well, I mean, it's stuff I enjoy talking about. And then The Bachelor just became the common denominator of like, you got everyone, I could talk about some crazy stalker, but everyone knew Colton. So I could talk about him. And by looking at hit like cases like his and cases like Rachel Kirkconnell, where I was with Rachel Kirkconnell, I was saying, look, I didn't know much about the Confederate stuff either. I grew up in Rhode Island. Uh, my education was clearly not that good. I'm willing to learn, but I'm not going to pretend for the sake of approving and appeasing all these other people. Like I knew Everything that I didn't know what antebellum meant. I didn't know. Any. Oh my god, me either. I had to Google it. Yeah, which was embarrassing that I did. But like, um, what everyone's failing to acknowledge is the fact that they are trying to erase that part of history. So we didn't get taught a lot of those things. Like in Texas history, it's a joke. It, Texas history is a joke. Our teachers are coaches. And the only reason there are teachers is because they have to be to be a coach. So all they care about is their football team. Mm -hmm. My teacher, my history teacher, who I somehow had three different times, and all he was <laughs> doing was getting older and iller. He told me the first time I had him, he told me his kidneys were the size of footballs. So that tells me this man is going to, like, he needs to retire soon. He was my teacher two more times after that, like moving forward. I was not held back. Like this was progressing. <laughs> I was so confused. The man was asleep during every test. Like yeah. everyone cheated on everything. All, we had all of our books open. It was a joke. And it was like that. Everyone can attest to that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. And it's good to have those examples because blind spots exist throughout our lives. I don't know what I don't know. And it infuriates me that I was failed by the Texas education system. And like, um, I never am like trying to defend it, like um, say 
you know, anything except for, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm willing to learn. Like, I, I didn't know better. And like, I never meant to do anything harmful. Like, I'm not trying to defend any of my behavior ever. So I'm still like, why y'all trying to, why do y'all want me dead? Yeah. Why do y'all want me dead <laughs> over this? Like, I didn't know Okay, Kanye West is out to get me. <laughs> like, geez, Kanye, why'd you do me like yeah. that? You know, so we conflate um, excuses <laughs> versus explanations. And I really believe, like with Rachel Kirkconnell's story, it's just trying to explain what actually went down, explain what she was possibly thinking or what event she was thinking she was at versus what what the truth was, or at least looking back at it. And I a, a lot of it is like, I could see her and her like being like, in survival mode of just like, oh, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go to this party and, like, yeah. not knowing better. But I don't know what she said about it all. Like, I don't know what acknowledgement she took. So well, it's like, I can't speak she, on it. Really. She took an absolute beating and, she, and she's been nothing but sort of, like, lack of excuses being made. But, like, yeah, she's 19. She's trying to, she's worrying about fitting in and putting on the right blush. I don't know. She's in. in I know it, what you mean. It's, it's, that's, that's what, at the time, she's thinking. She's not, she didn't organize the event or, or this or that. So And it should highlight the problem that the racist past of our country is being covered up. And is not being taught to us. Not that we know about it and we're ignorant and we're choosing like to be okay with it. It's that no, no one told us. No one taught us this stuff. Like we were failed, and they were trying. And, and they, as in the people at the top who are the ones trying to cover it up, are pitting you guys against us, pitting us against each other right. to keep us distracted from being mad at them. I'm against the wrecking ball uh, going past its target, which it does every single time. What do you mean by that? So like I'm against uh, like uh, for when you, you use Bachelor Nation as an ex as an example, it's very rare that uh, it, usually what happens is someone does something bad or or uh, you know no tweet surfaces or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and then the pile on of that person is always worse than whatever offense that they may have committed. Almost all the time, the momentum of that wrecking ball doesn't just shame the person into changing; it just creates this path of destruction yes. and it forces people, you know, to just quite frankly, people that are afraid to be wrong, like Atasha, because I, I think she's a, a, the type that's just afraid to say the wrong thing. Every single person on The Bachelor is afraid to say the wrong thing. And I did not realize that until recently. Like, um, I have just been out there like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, let's just see what happens. I'm winging it. But always being authentic because that's what I knew everyone wanted, right? It's like, Demi, you're so authentic. You're so real. So I'm like, okay, that's my, that's what I do. That's amazing that that's what I get to do. I just get to be myself. Well, it doesn't work out very well for me a lot of the time because myself <laughs> makes a lot of mistakes. And like, um, I'm not that likable, like for a long term, you know, it's like in small doses. Yeah. But, um, I understand that I'm not likable long term, but like, can y'all not like crucify me for that? Yeah. Um, and also can I get any kind of, like um, acknowledgement that I'm giving you guys what you all want and deserve, which is authenticity. Like even if it's you guys think I'm annoying at the end of the day, I'm being real with you and I'm being who you are. But y'all are kissing the feet of the people who have shown you zero percent of their true self. And we call that a hack in stand up. You're a hack if you're just trying to please the audience. And I, literally, if I could. Oh, my just God. They are all hacks. Hacks. Every <laughs> single one of them is a hack. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. They all just are trying to please the audience. And they all come out with crazy fucking political stances out of nowhere. And like to you, if like you get canceled. So for like whenever I got canceled, 
it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm so shocked, Demi, that you did this. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know exactly who I am and you know I'm not fucking racist. I've never done a racist thing around you. So with the fact that my friends who know that about me and then just because the public world is saying that I'm racist for wearing a Kanye West jacket, them to turn on me and act brand new. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Like, I just I can't stand whenever they change their opinion and start treating me a different way. And then I'm like, oh, my God, like you guys, what are you you're listening to the mass opinion? That is an uneducated opinion. Like yeah. they don't have they're misinformed or underinformed. Well, here's so <laughs> if, like if I could just if I could if I could say anything while I'm talking to you, it's that I appreciate your authenticity and it does go noticed. Okay. It, it so goes noticed the thing that, so when, when, what I see is people that are on the bachelor or, or any other, any other platform that's not theirs, they build an audience from that platform. And the quicker you build a brick wall, the quicker it can be uh, torn down. What you've got here and what you're doing is so smart in the world we live in because you're building equity in power power is just different types of equity, whether it be by following or your newsletter or your ability to speak to people or your different communities you have, you're building that. And that can't be taken away as easily as someone who just gets a million followers just from a show that then they have to be a hack because they're feeding off of the human centipede directly from Bachelor Nation, directly from them. So you have to be, and again, I don't blame a grocery store, Joe. They're working for the man, so they have to toe that line and not say what they think. And so many people do that with their corporate jobs. My buddy and I just did a, a, a stand-up show for a corporation, and they are refusing to pay him, which I have to pay, I have to pay him out of my pocket now because I, at a principle, will pay my buddy that I hired for the show. And I was like, this is what, this is what we get because we do a show where, where then someone can, can't cancel us for that show. And we, we can't do anything about it. We can't do anything about it versus, you know, other aspects of my career where one person can't fuck with my money. But this one person in a 200 person show was able to fuck with our money. And that's what you get when your audience is, when you're able to, um, or uh, that's what you get when you're someone like a Brennan Moraes, whose whole audience came from Bachelor. And, and again, he said some, some wild things and they took it away from him versus someone like we were talking before at Joe Rogan. He's not, you can't just cancel him because his following is in so many different directions. That doesn't mean you want to be some unfettered asshole. You just want to be authentic. You want to be able to make your mistakes. You want to be able to, uh, overcome them and not, try not to make the same mistakes again. But that's what we're like. That's what our spirits are here on earth to do. Yes. Wow. This is so refreshing to hear. I've been feeling so down about it. Like uh, I've been feeling like my authentic self isn't enough. It's like, well, people don't like that. So uh, like, what am I going to do? How, what mask am I going to have to put on to get these people to like want to keep up with me so I can have money? Because like, I gave up my life to go on The Bachelor. I didn't have any money to begin with, right? So now I'm dependent on this motherfucking following, like to live, to keep my independence, to be an independent woman. I got on The Bachelor to break away from the life I had. You've got this following, but you can still crack an egg. You can still let one of them go so two of them come back. Okay. So uh, Patrice O'Neill is one of my favorite comics, the late, great Patrice O'Neill. He always said, if he's not walking half the room, if half the room's not leaving, then he's not doing his job. 
And that doesn't mean being offensive for offensive sake. That just means being truthful to who you are and understanding that the audience that initially came to watch The Bachelor is going to be very diverse and very scattered. And it might be a million people and you might be better off. I've My YouTube's got 55,000 subscribers. It's relatively small and it's providing me uh, the best financial opportunity that I've ever had in my life, better than any corporate or any other job I could have. It's been so just the point being is that your your tribe doesn't have to be everybody's. It just has to be that loyal, those loyal son of a bitches who are going to follow Demi where she goes because they trust you and they like you, not whatever, uh, you know, some, you know, the people that follow, no offense, you know, I use, I use the company men like the Tasha's and the, I know she's not with Bachelor anymore, so more like grocery store Joe. Hopefully he can build his own following, but right now he's attached to the show. So um, the thing with the internet, right? It's information and or entertainment. You have to give a, a combination of those two to be successful. You're super entertaining and, and you're also informative in the sense that you're learning so much about your body and how it works. And I'm learning too. And my audience is learning as well because we're interested on how our bodies work, how our brains work. I don't We don't get the bloop. We don't get the driver's manual to our brain. I know. I liked how you put that whenever you were discussing it, you were saying like talking about the blueprint of my brain. And it's like getting, if you like get down to the, the way people, the blueprint, the blueprint of our brains, our neurotypes, how can you cancel anyone? Because every single behavior can be explained through people's neurotypes. You can look at the neurotype, the blueprint, see how their mind works and explain their behavior and be like, oh, that's why they did that. Now, if it can't be explained through that, that's like trauma and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist here, but I just whenever you're getting down to the blueprint, um, it explained everything about myself and helped me forgive myself for things. You know, because I mean, there's things that I've done that I've been like, why did I say that? You know, why did I blow up on someone? Why did I whatever? Yeah. And then I, it makes me understand myself. So then whenever my interactions with other people, without me even realizing it, I'm seeing all of that in them too. So I'm more forgiving and easier and more compassionate on them. How can you not be when exactly. you see someone with road rage or someone, you know, I have a brother who's in college and he's, he's got neurodiverse um, uh, uh, aspects to his, the way his brain works. And I think, imagine if I was trying to put, uh, put him into a box that he didn't fit into and it's just constantly like, be different, be different. And it's just like, no, teach him the tools to operate his machinery and let him fly because that's the only, the, the, those are the only parts he's been given. And my, my fiance was like a late sort of diagnosis of ADHD. And she hears about your, everything you talk about. And she, she wonders do, what, what do I have that makes me like the way I am? Because on the outside, she's a pretty woman. She's been called every name in the book because she looks a certain way. And I go, honey, why are you so upset? I'm just thinking. Well, you tell your face that you're like, she, she looks so intense when she's, or she'll get oh, be, lo yeah. be lost for hours in her brain as she's getting creative work done. And I bet that she's, um, I just made a TikTok about it, uh, rejection sensitive dysphoria. Mm. So it's, um, whenever you get a bunch of little tiny rejections. So, um, having ADHD, it's really big for ADHDers. So it's stuff like, uh, stop moving, like, uh, stop making that sound. What are you doing? Uh, stop. You're embarrassing yourself. Like sit up, like stop, uh, whatever. All these little rejections your whole life. So then for a pretty girl, it becomes a whole different set of rejections added on top of yeah. that of criticizing her looks. Don't wear that. Yes, don't dress, exactly. don't wear short. She, she has a hard Put time. Put on some makeup, do this, brush your hair, do that. And All of these rejections add up over time to where um, 
whenever she feels like somebody can say something that's not a rejection, but it feels like it and it can cause an, an extreme emotional response. Like for me, it's like somebody could just say something like, hey, Demi, can you make sure you get here on time? And I'll be like, oh my God, they literally hate me. Like they don't even want me to be there anymore. Like, why am I going? Like, oh my God. Yeah, and just um, people be like, wow, she's so sensitive. And it's like, no, I'm not so sensitive. I'm traumatized. I'm, tr and so it's like your wife has some trauma maybe from all of these little rejections. And just to know that you have these traumas and to be more aware of it is life-changing. That's so a first It's start. so life-changing. Yeah. And so I hate, okay, a lot of times men will say, well, I understand, I, I, I appreciate the, these women's issues because I have a daughter and I know that he makes women very upset not to generalize women. Um, I, have a, I have a joke where like, uh, you know, all women hate being generalized, but it's, you know, every, but so we, but, but the truth is, is that when That's you, a funny joke. Thank I you. Got it. Uh, when you, <laughs> thank you, when you do have a daughter, when you do have a wife, when I do uh, try to get to know my fiance, I do empathize in a way I could have never understood as just a guy who grew up not being looked at sexually before I matured or even if, if I matured. I don't, I don't, I have the liberty as a, and again, as a white guy, I have the liberty if someone's being an asshole to me, that I think they're an asshole. I don't think they're a racist. I don't think they're sexist. I don't think they're any of these other things. I just think they're an asshole. Whereas a black guy, if he's pulled over by the police, he doesn't have that liberty to think that, oh, that cop's just an asshole or that cop's just doing his job. So I've really had these rose colored glasses that I've been able to sort of, you know, putz around my whole life, not worrying about those things. I look at my fiance and, and, and I can only imagine, you know, every, every, every wish. I mean, I was on the phone with her early on. So do you, this is, um, this is everything. I love that you're saying all this. Do you, you acknowledge that you have all of this like privilege, like white man privilege? Yes. And I think there's a problem with, I, branding's everything, right? So I think people, when, when they're, when you hear the term woke, you get triggered in either direction. What does he mean? What are they talking about? When you hear cancer, there's certain terms. And I think privilege people, people pull back on, but I think that's what it is. It's an energy. It's a God given energy. Or, or, or trait that you have. People have financial privilege if they're born into a family. Everyone in the United States has a certain privilege by by living in a quote unquote free freer country than some. More privilege over than someone who's from Libya or somewhere. But of course, the the tears go up of privilege where I've got them all. You know, there's a richer there's a richer, better looking white guy who's got more privilege than I do. But that doesn't mean I don't. It that, doesn't mean that like if. And speaking of like general things like if you walk into a room of people uh like the the white man he has got the biggest advantage in the room it's and i feel like you guys don't know fear as much as we do like as much as non-white men know like uh i'm like so scared of everyone because of all the repercussions i've had of from people of not abiding by them and I feel like uh, people listen to white men and do whatever white men say. So like they don't ever get told, like talk to the same way we do as like made to feel so small. And it would be a disservice of me to go. No, but I'm not. <laughs> I, but I, I don't go? want I don't want you. I, I wouldn't think that because it would it would be like maybe there have been white men who have done that to you. Like other white men. Oh, sure. I mean, there's a hierarchy of everything. Like I'm from an all white town. So in the all white town, white privilege doesn't exist so much as the socioeconomic privilege, but I've also lived in all these other communities where then you realize it's like the hotel bathroom test. I can walk into any hotel anywhere in the country and just be like, where's the bathroom? Oh, it's down there. Okay. 
I can, you, not everyone can do that. Uh, do, do you have a room here? No, I can just walk in and do that. You That's know, like, I can't even do that. Yeah. If but, I ask for the hotel bathroom, it's like, what? I, I don't know. I think I just look suspicious probably because I'm just like um, awkward when I ask because I'm like thinking I'm going to get in trouble. And so then I set myself up to get in trouble. Yeah, I so manifest that shit. I love, I love, <laughs> <laughs> I love discussing all this because, you know, in comedy, how you're perceived by the audience, a lot of times, if you're not a known comedian, it's, it's first impressions. It's how you come off. It's acknowledging the room, which could be what you're wearing or how you look or all these things. They're very important sort of um, on a, on like a tribal level to how we all interact. So you may be a trigger if you, which isn't your fault, but you may be a trigger to a guy because he's intimidated by your good looks. By, that by always you. seems to be the case, this intimidating factor. And it's like, I, there's nothing intimidating about me. What does everyone think I'm going to do? Who knows? The day is young. <laughs> that's it. That's always it. That's everyone's just. But that's a credit to you because that's your voice and your ability to uh, say what you mean. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that when you operate from a, a place of fear, you want to control everything. So there's a lot of women that exist in our country that that would fall into. I think you've used the term the, the patriarchy because they they are in the place where they need to make sure their man's happy because he controls the bills. He controls all the things in their world. And, you know, we talk about financial manipulation a lot and how a lot of times women are put into a place where if a woman wants to raise the family and stay at home, that's not a paying job. I talked about, talked to my sister about this. Her son just broke his arm and she's got four kids. And it's like, she doesn't get paid to be a mom. What she does is way harder than what her husband does. Uh, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. And so she, it, but in a, in a, in a relationship where you're not um, financially transparent or whatever, you can manipulate someone else through money, through power and things like that. So there's a lot of women that exist in those situations where they've got to just fall into line subconsciously with whatever, with whatever the guy feels, which is the patriarchy. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So I totally get, I totally get how like everyone, like we're all, it's very complicated that we're not all on the same page with different issues within the country because everyone's just trying to survive in their own little community. And that might mean being like an anti-feminist. There's plenty of women that are against a lot of things that would be pro, pro-female because it, it serves them in their community to be that way. It serves them in their community because it serves our husband and their husband or partner, whatever, has like, um, they will find a way to manipulate and brainwash the situation to keep their wives in their control. For example, for whenever I said like, um, 
they're, they're, that the husbands are pitting their wives against us, like bachelor women, because the husbands are secretly sliding into our DMs and all of this. And a lot of the women, or not a lot, but some women were like, oh, yeah, women, we just, like, can't think for ourselves or something like that. Like, they're just, the our husbands are just controlling us or something, like, saying that I was saying that. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, that's literally what they would say to get you to stay against me, to keep you against me. They'd be like, oh, wow, they're telling you you can't think for yourself then. Like, they will literally come up with any way to keep us against each other because— they're not good people. And it's, a, and it's a survival thing that when we're just trying to survive, you'll see the nastiest out of people. You'll see, when someone's, when I, like we talked about my basset out, I got the cutest dog. You put him into the corner, he'll he'll show you his teeth. Like even the cutest dog will try to snap when- well, when it's fight the, or flight. Yeah. Fight. Yeah. And, and, and the problem, one of the biggest problems we have in our country is that most people are very reasonable. Yet, yet the caged rat syndrome of not being able to- uh, get your head above water with all of the issues. Like the fact that I could go slip outside and break a leg and be financially depleted is, is that wears on you as a human to know that in any moment you could just be fucked. Uh, my fiance, she's so sweet. She goes, Dave, don't say anything that's going to get you canceled. <laughs> like she, she doesn't want us to, but like, she knows that my, we're both getting canceled today, <laughs> sweetie. And, um, and I, and I don't necessarily agree with this uh, because I don't want to negate people that actually do do things that get, that needs to get repercussion for. Like a lot of people say, it's not cancel culture, it's it's consequences. And I go, like I said, there's always room for consequence, but if there's ever a chance for someone to learn a lesson and redeem themselves, I truly believe that's better. Take Chris Harrison, for example. I'm I'm happy with the different hosts that they've had. I love them. I, I, I love Caitlin Bristow. I love Atisha. I like I love their energy. Uh, Jesse Palmer's also qualified. Um, but Chris Harrison... They, the, the idea that he's getting fired as an example for X, Y, and Z is fine. That has merit. But what about all the people that would have appreciated to see him learn and move forward on the platform? There's a lot of people out there that 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 didn't learn any lesson because their well, guy— I think that we, we, we lost the lesson when we hired another white man. Like, what was the—what? I mean, how, how, how do you— a cope with knowing that it's such a part of your identity, but you're worth, but you are also so much more like it is whether you work for the show again and go on future things or not. It's part of it's it's almost like a the rung in your tree. Your can I be honest with you? I really don't think about it that much like a lot of people do. Like they think about like disassociating themselves with the bachelor being better than the bachelor being different. Well, I don't think about that. I'm thinking about other things like what I'm doing next, like what I should be doing in the moment. I'm very, uh, I guess I'm like present. Like that's my new thing is like being present. So like I, I'm so swamped with so many things I have to do. I'm not really worried about whether or not like I'm associated from The Bachelor, but you know why I think that could be? Because I have such a distinct role on The Bachelor. Like, oh, yeah, I was on The Bachelor, but it's like <laughs> I made the fucking season. Like, yeah. I was the comic relief. Like, I was proud of me on The Bachelor, like, on Colton's season. I was like, I was great TV. Like, there's no shame in that. Do you? Is there any bitterness towards, how, like, how you're portrayed? Or do you just feel like, hey, I get what it is? Oh, no, I don't really think too much about it. Like, Good. I was a very different, like, very different headspace. I had a very, I thought differently about the world then, you know, I didn't understand myself. I was, 
that that not understanding myself was the hardest thing. I could understand everyone around me. I could predict their behavior down to the, a move that they would make in their exact body language in response to a sentence. Like I knew everyone. I could figure out everyone and I could not understand what was going on with me. Yeah, and I wild? didn't know what I would do. I was like, I have no idea what I would do in response to anything. There's no telling. Yeah. And then now I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I would do. <laughs> but that's the, that's the, that's kind of like the crux, right? Where you, you learn to read other people because that's like the easiest form of survival is reading others. But then that, then to maintain your own survival, you need to learn yourself. You need to learn mm-hmm. what's going to not just make you survive, but thrive, which a lot of people don't get to that point. A lot of people don't get to that part, part of the journey where they get past the just homeostasis, heartbeat, water, eat some food, to, to get to the place where you're no longer in the deep end, you're in the shallows and you go, what do I want for my life? And with you, like I, like I said, when I first watched your video, I, I come into it with, a, with optimism already, but then I see the equipment. I see what you're talking about. You're unfiltered. And I go, this is big. The Batronation is just a, a speck of what your, you know, your potential is. And Thank you. It's like, it is that big. Like I'm talking about like things that, are gonna change the world, like as far as mental health care. We are at a huge point in time where it's about to be a shift. Yeah. And, we have and, so much technology that we're learning things so fast, we can't just keep progressing slowly. There's about to be a paradigm change, baby. Yes. And what side <laughs> are you gonna be on that? Like Demi I side. <laughs> exactly. Because my <laughs> side's the good side. Yes. All I'm trying to do is good, good, good. Yeah. Educate and good. And so uh, but that's what it is. And, you know, uh, shining light into the uh, light, uh, sunlight's the greatest disinfectant, right? So what you do with your platform will be sunlight for those that need it. And it might not be everybody. Exactly. But for those that need it. And um, that's what's important. I, in that, I have had so many people reach out to me, women, about it. And that's all I need is I need women that I'm helping and I am helping women. So I'm doing what I'm set out to do. And I'm a lot of misunderstanding along the way, a lot of people misunderstanding me or whatever, like I'm being perceived, misportrayed, whatever. The people who know what I'm talking about and the people I'm helping, they get it and they know exactly what I'm doing. They they understand. Hey, but your, your misunderstanding is your Trojan horse. That's what gets you in the door to say, I'm not perfect. I'm not someone with a degree in mental health and this and that, like some other contestants who talk down on people and you go, I'm walking through this fire. You can see and learn from me through this. And it's like, I will fall on my sword for everyone. I don't care. I'm like the one who like, if someone, if I'm walking next to someone and they trip and fall, I will trip and fall a million times worse to take the embarrassment away from them. I don't care. I have no pride or shame. Like, Take that out of it. I'm willing to be that person. And I'm like trying to, uh, like, I'm willing to be that person. How, why are there not more people who are like, yeah, let's do it then. Like, let's uh, band together, unite, like do the right thing. Be part of a movement of like thinking of bigger picture things. Like I, I can't do this all on my own, you know, like I'm the only person in America that's even talking about the type of autism, the only person in like pop culture press talking about the type of autism that I'm experiencing that so many people have experienced and so many children are struggling with and that are being abused emotionally right now because it's misunderstood in this country. It's not even recognized. Well, it's not hyperbole to say that you're going to, you're going to save lives. I mean, just, Oh my God. so, So, um, the, the internet's like a Rubik's cube, right? And your bachelor, 
audience is all red. They're all on one side. You're reshuffling the Rubik's Cube. You're, everything you say into the microphone and everything you present on YouTube and podcasting um, is auto-generated into closed captions. All of those little ones and zeros hit the cloud. And eventually, when people start searching for answers, you're going to show up as their friend for that. So it, it, wow. if, it, if it feels like the work's not immediately being uh, uh, appreciated, that's because you're continuing to put your stuff out there. You're continuing to put your buffet, the Demi buffet, and then they're going to show up with their plate and it's going to be like, oh my gosh, where has this been? And yes, I'm like, guys, you guys realize I've set up a free buffet for you of resources <laughs> and information. Like these infographics that I made, I made this, I made this all for free. This I did out of the kindness of my heart and nobody's eating. Nobody's <laughs> wanted, nobody's getting a plate. What's going on, people? They're getting their appetite and they'll be there. But that's the, the key to any creating is to go out there and actually do the work first. And mm -hmm. then and then the consumers will show up and you've, you've, you're not going to out of the park with that. Thank you. I just got I got to be patient. Um, We have to wrap it up soon. But I want to before we do, I want to end on a very controversial note. Great. What do you think about the Bachelor franchise? Exploiting the pageant girls and how they prey on the pageant girls, how they take women who are already being exploited in the pageant world, who are being told that like, you know, the pageant world is known as being a toxic industry. Like, I don't know the depths of it, but I know that a lot of um, value on image, a lot of uh, toxic, like things, I've stories I've heard and stuff. Uh, so it's already exploiting women. Yeah, it's it's and then it, they take women. They go specifically to the pageant world and prey on all of these pageants. Yeah, it's girls. like they have a database of people that want to be liked that that already fit a certain mold. So they it, you you actually mentioned this in a previous uh, podcast where you mentioned that the producers would like tap you on that and say, "Good girl, Demi," when you would like tell a joke or or say something controversial because they were getting out of you what they needed. You you became a commodity to them, and I think that's what the pageant girls can kind of be is they know that this person will say whatever line we need them to say and kind of, and that's hopefully, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of growth that comes from that. We're realizing like you're more than whatever lines you can say, you're more than just stepping it, on the dotted the, line. The, what they do is they do, they manipulate in a way that, um, to, and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm saying that I'm manipulated by them as well. I very much so was. So with the pageant girls though, they the pageant girls are so good at being like poised and calculated because that's what they're trained to do. And I, I'm not speaking out of my ass. I've been told this by said pageant girl. And so they will tell the pageant girls are they think that they are the ones manipulating the producers because they're the ones who are calculated and poised. And they think that they are in control of the situation. When they're more like puppets. In a way. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, the producers know that you're doing that, too. They're they're 10 steps ahead of you. Yeah, they are because they've seen it before and they've ca they've cast you and have probably done psych evaluations. And in the end, oh, you know, I, I've been ripped off before. But and I've and I understand the feeling of of, of someone taking advantage of you uh, to an extent. And in the moment, they're just trying to survive. They're trying to make like, all right, say the line. The, the casting crew is waiting. Come on, we got to get this shot. Like, I worked in film for 15 years. There's the, people are always put in positions that they may agree to that they wouldn't have otherwise ever said yes to, including, um, you know, now, now in, in, with the Me Too movement, a lot of films will have um, a nudity set where they'll actually only have like two or three people on set, closed set around the monitors. But back in the day, all right, take your shirt off and go shoot this scene. It's like, we're, this is a TV show. 
show and you're just going to let the whole cast and crew watch this and the women's just left to be there like, I don't want to disappoint anybody in a pageant person doesn't want to disappoint their pageant coach, their parents, uh, all the people that are in it's sponsoring so many, them. It's so many different levels of it. It's just, it's traumatic. There's a lot of trauma involved in all of this. I think that's like the main theme of uh, the world right now is trauma. And um, everybody, everybody um, learning how to process that trauma. And that starts with recognizing it. So if you think you don't have trauma, it's time to it's time to take a take a day, lock yourself at home, look in the mirror, and if you feel adrenaline rushing through your veins at any point in the day, that's trauma. Take a day, lock yourself in the room, and watch all of Demi's content. Just go do that. Mm-hmm. No, but that's what it is. I mean, I'm 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 making no complaints about my life, but I'm unearthing so much financial trauma and and um, so many issues that I have that are limitations to future growth. So if you look at it from a self-improvement place, all we're trying to do is take these invisible backpacks off of us so we can actually just prance freely. (laughs) Isn't that all we want? It's just dance like no one's watching. It sounds so cliche, but that's all we want. And yet I still can't get there. I still, you know, I'm literally making a goal to shoot these TikTok dances with my fiance because I'm so embarrassed to do that. Why the fuck do I care if I do a TikTok video on a beach in Hawaii? Why should I care? Well, there's this little Catholic guy in me that just feels judged all the time. Uh, Fuck it. I've got that little Catholic guy in me too. (laughs) That's my dad. Um, But yeah, I, Fuck it is right. Fuck it. Fuck it is right. So to bring it back to Bachelor, I'm watching the show uh, in ways that I'm saying, how, how do they all interact? In Bachelor, the, the show is the last water cooler show of human dynamics that every week we can spend six and a half days dissecting what was said and done because we're all watching it from a different angle. And we're all watching the same thing, but we're all thinking about something slightly different. And I started just openly talking about that and doing like 20 minute long videos. And, and some people go, this is way too long. But what I learned was mealtime videos that are between eight to 20 minutes long are enough for someone to put me on their little TV or their whatever, their iPad, do the dishes, breastfeed, uh, whatever it is they're doing. And because I say breastfeed because I get, like, I, get about 10 so mess- I get about 10 messages a day. I listen to you in the middle of the night while I'm breast. I get it all the time from people and I just love it. Or, or if, if, if child feeding, whatever the proper term is, I, I, get, I, don't I get corrected all the time. But it, yeah, is that the proper term? It, it, yeah. I've been told that's offensive to people that don't, that can't breastfeed. But that's, that's why I say that because I'm like, I don't even know. But the point is, is that um, I created content that you don't have to s- flip through like a TikTok. You can just put it on. Trust I'll get you from point A to point B and those videos I do like I liked your video whenever I watch your YouTube I did I liked that I didn't have to keep adjusting to the next part like um TikToks for example it's like I gotta go find another one that I like like you know you find one TikTok that's got a million views that's really good and then like 50k that's completely irrelevant ones 200k irrelevant relevant in a while until you can find the next one that's about the original topic you were are interested in right so so this <laughs> so this is what it was and if people just want information they go to other sources that just provide the information through an instagram slide mine's no you're gonna stick around and because of that as we've talked about i'll get messages from people being like my 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 son took his life last year i got this message this week i listened to you because it's something to get my mind off of other issues. I have so, so many people that are in chemo that are just sitting there that just want a friend for the ride. So that's all it became. And then, and then this past year, I start, I go, you know what? I'm unemployed. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of the pandemic. I'm going to do this every day. And I, and I treat it like a, I get up at 7am. I've already done three videos today. I do usually three to five videos a day and they rely the, my, my core group relies on that as just the thing they do while they do the dishes or get the kids off to school. That's just like become part of their life and part of mine as well. And it doesn't have to be a huge following, but what I've learned is I, I don't have to wait every week for the show to come out. Mm-hmm. I can take a simple tweet, get the information out and then do 15 minutes on um, whatever I want to talk about. And do as long as watch. I keep their attention, then that's, that's all that matters. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, you have a way of speaking that keeps people's attention. Oh, thank you. You really do. You're really good about that. I struggle with podcasts now. I, I did a podcast for seven years, but I struggle now because now I just talk to myself. Well, <laughs> so. I love it because it's like um, I always every time I come in here, I'm like trying to make sure, you know, like I um, they don't feel like they're not talking enough or like stuff like that. So for you, I'm like, please lead the way. The comments, <laughs> the comments yeah. will be, I've railroaded this convo. No, and I'm you have trying not. to limit my coffee intake. No, I needed it today. I was struggling today. Um, I just have had a day. But, you know, nowadays we have different reality shows than just The Bachelor. We have like Love is Blind, The Ultimatum, um, Are You the One?, all of the reality shows. What would you go on if you had to go on one and you weren't married? Are um, you married, right? We're getting married this fall. Okay. Yeah. So your fiance. Thank you. you. Yeah. She said, yes, everybody. We're getting married. Um, <laughs> if, if I were single, a di- well, uh, first and foremost, I would love to challenge myself in a survivor or naked and afraid. I would probably be fine. I probably could do, I could would probably do it just because I actually have done a lot of wilderness things. Like I grew up part of my childhood, like whenever I'd visit my mom, we spent a lot of time outdoors. So I've camped outside in the restricted parts of the forest with no tent, no nothing on nice. a cot with the next to the fire. Like I shit in holes. Like I, uh, I've gathered food. <laughs> like I, I've killed animals like for food. So I think I could probably, I don't mean to sound creepy. I would do naked and afraid with you. I think I would trust you because I've, and again, I only know you from, from the outside looking in, but I see you as a fighter who's come from where you came to right in this point. And I don't think any amount of clothing or, you know, warm living room, you know, you take that away. I see, I think you would kill it on Naked and Afraid. It would be pure survival. Like that, that's the thing is like people think, oh, she's so girly. Like, no, you have no idea. No, you're be, wrestling an alligator. I would, well, I mean, I'd probably know better than to <laughs> do that. You'd have alligator shoes on it by the end of the week. <laughs> when my survival skills like that kick in, like I become one with nature. Like I go. will do whatever I need to do to survive. And, um, I'm that's what I, you've done. I, I don't think I'd prefer to, but like yeah, prefer but, to have to go on naked and afraid purely for the fact that like, I don't want my labia subject to oh my critters. Gosh. You see them sitting down and you go, what's crawling where? How does that? And then as a guy, penis hole, the penis, the, the skin, 
with, with the penis is so <laughs> not something to brag about in any survival situation. Okay. It is it literally sticks out. It's yeah. It's like, not, so like immediately that's, that's gone. You're immediately that's like, getting, there's nothing sexual. You're walking by bushes and you're constantly getting your penis whacked. Or, or what, what, what actually is way common is your balls can be ripped off so easily. And it's happened on a show where the guy had to get his ball stitched up because you're just, because if you're in a hot environment, those things, like wh who designed this I gotta thing? be honest. If we're starving to death, the first thing we're eating are someone's balls. Yeah. They're hanging down and you don't need them. Have you heard of the Kandiru? No. It's the, called the penis fish and it lives in the Amazon mm, and okay. it swims up the urethra. So um, I watched a whole, so whenever I was in paradise, we had only a few channels in the hotel that were in English, like in the hotel waiting to go to paradise. So I watched, one of them was the fucking Discovery Channel about, or was it Animal Planet? It was all about fish. And I watched a whole ass thing about these fish, these penis fish. And, um... <laughs> I want to say there's a whole sign. There was a whole reason behind why this whole epidemic was happening and why they had this thing. But they, they were eating guys' dicks off. Jeez. I mean, I don't know. I don't have balls. My fiance didn't know this. It was, most, I think most people do. Maybe not. Because I learned so much about her all the time, just asking stupid questions about like periods and stuff. Things I just never, you know, we don't learn any of this, uh, guys. Uh, yeah. But um, she, she was like, I was like, yeah, my balls change size. They go into the body when they're cold and they, they come out when they're hot. She's like, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a total thing. It's like, it's a very, it's a pretty big variant of, of because it's like, that's their thermostat. On they a hot move day. in and out. It's yeah. the cremaster muscle. The cremaster muscle. <laughs> it's sensitive to temperature, so it pulls the balls up when it's cold and lets them dangle when it's hot. That should be my podcast. What's it called? <laughs> cremaster. The cremaster muscle with Dave <laughs> Neal. <laughs> we'll, pull, we'll pull your balls up. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Dave. I'm going to call myself the cremaster. Okay, let's play a little bachelor quiz game, Okay. You're a bachelor expert, so I feel like even if I don't know these, you will. Question number one. On Ben Higgins' season, what did he accidentally smuggle home from Honduras? Uh, <laughs> intestinal issue. Uh, a bug? A bug? Um, yep, an intestinal parasite. Wow, I'm so surprised <laughs> that you knew that. I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah, wow. He's <laughs> <laughs> smarter than you thought, huh? You have a great memory. How many seasons of The Bachelor were there before The Bachelorette started? Oh, it was oh, it's between 8 and 12, I think. I'm going to go with something high, like, I'm going to go with 12. No, that's too high. I'm going to go with 9. I want to say it's 13. It's 9. You Is that said, what I said 9. That was a giant guess. Wow. <laughs> two for two. Thank you. Two for <laughs> two. So nine seasons of just... Saying fuck women, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who was the one bachelor that ended without a winner? Oh boy. Who ended? Why do I feel like every bachelor has ended without a winner? <laughs> well, so Matt James didn't get engaged, but he ended with a winner. Um, so this is probably far uh, much farther back. Was it uh no oh, man. This is where I sh this is where I show that I'm a fraud. I um I don't know. Just get make a guess. Uh, Juan Pablo? No. He ended up. He ended with the no. winner. It's um uh, oh boy, Benning is no Nick Vile was on it fifteen times. No, <laughs> no, uh, man, this is old. Old um, Jesse Palmer. No, he had a no. he. Mm. No, 
That's before my time. Yeah, I don't know who this person is, but I've heard this name. I would guess this name just because I've heard it so much. <sighs> I'm guessing he's white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, there's literally there every single one has been yep. except for Matt James and I guess Juan Pablo. Yeah. I can't even put a name out. Brad Womack. Oh, okay. Because he did it twice, right? Okay. I have no I can't even yeah. picture the man, but I just know that name. Yeah, maybe a strong nose or something. He's got like a strong future. Let me see. Yeah. Why do I want to say it's the jaw? They always have good jaws. I would no, be the, they don't. I would be the weakest looking. If I was on that, I'd be like Connor Brennan, who's like my height, and everyone's like, this little guy, and he's like, that's a normal, that's a good normal guy. I love Connor so much. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's a, that's a dimples, jaw. Classic American boy. He's just fine as hell. Who's that? When people were trying to tell me that Jesse Palmer was like some basic white guy, go, listen, you can call him a white guy, but there's nothing basic. If Jesse Palmer went into any diner anywhere, everyone's going to be like, who's that hunk? If if Jesse Palmer, I did not know he was from The Bachelor or anything. Like, if he just came up to me, I would totally fuck. Me too. No questions asked. That's how progressive Same with that Brad guy. He looks hot too, but I'm sure that this Brad guy is probably a piece of shit. Wait, Jesse's Canadian. That's yeah. why. That's why Jesse's the ah. exception. Yeah, Jesse's a. I mean, he's a. He's a good. I mean, it's like, let's not get it twisted. He's a good. We, we get so judgy. Oh, there's another. Ba- we're just gonna get a basic. No, I call him a white guy, but he's like, he's like a Disney hero white guy. Yeah, but you know, the, it's just the point. It's the point yeah. of really another white guy like. Who, wait, they gave us, they gave us Matt, they gave us a black bachelor, and then they gave us the whitest, most gaslighting, problematic, the epitome of the failure of society, like the reason behind all of my, like the um, hatefulness and like women and this manipulation and gaslighting thing, right? This fuckery that's happening. By that, do you mean Nick? Um, (laughs) (laughs) always, but But like, but can you process the Clayton, the Clayton, like Clayton was like the whole example of that. Like Clayton, no, I'm not even saying that Clayton's some evil mastermind. No, he's innocently doing it, but that's just showing that that's how comfortable they are doing it. He just has like been raised to just immediately gaslight Susie into oblivion, even though he wants to be with her. He tells her, get out. I don't want to be with you. Like all of this stuff. And then it's like. Oh, but now she's with him. And like, what is that saying? What are what message are we sending there? That that this is okay. But do you think, I mean, the show obviously knows exactly what they're getting when they cast him. I think he's more naive than anything, which is kind of like what? Yes, they took advantage of him. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying that his behavior, that's like the huge problem in the world is men acting like that and doing that, gaslighting that. And we didn't show like they they aired it and they said do what you want with it but it's like no then we showed Susie being with him anyway like Susie why did anyone let her be with him anyway I feel like there should have been a a huge like I would if my friend were to be with a man who was doing that I would be like girl it's gonna get worse that's gonna come back like you that's so bad that's so bad like does he know what he did yeah. Well, it's just so it's so <laughs> tough doesn't. because it's a it's a situation that normal humans don't go through being g- giving all these choices. But just like we you said about how um, how they they pluck pageant women, they also pluck athletes. And athletes are trained their whole lives on muscle memory and and just being trained to do this and that. So you can almost see in his eyes like these goals that he had, 
and and it didn't it didn't have the empathy for what the women were going through, which seemed to be the biggest problem. Is he was like, I want to give every relationship its due justice. So it's I love you, I love you, I love you. And it's like, well, what do you, you got to understand? Like he didn't think the other person through because as a football player, he's thinking I got to run through this wall as hard as possible in this wall of love. I mean, it's the same muscles going through his head. And I see I see a guy who's I don't know twenty seven, probably never been in a serious relationship, played football his whole life. I just see I just see that that training that went in a bad direction. Versus, like, you know, if he spent a couple of years uh, in a dating pool where I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not making excuses for him. But no, I, I just want all I need is I just need like him to be able to say, I manipulated with that statement. I gaslit with that statement. I did just say exactly exactly what it was that you did. It doesn't have to be. I'm not saying like whenever you say I gaslit with that statement, that doesn't mean I'm a terrible human being who gaslights people for selfish, selfish, manipulative reasons. Like, but no, I'm just it's a survival tactic too. manipulation, gaslighting. So it's like just fucking acknowledge it. That's all I want. Yeah, And so he doesn't see himself as the lead. He sees himself as like, I'm just trying to do my thing. And it's like there's a power and a responsibility that most leads don't get a second chance to do because I'm sure he would do it. It's understanding the depth of like what they did and acknowledging it and saying exactly what it was. Um, Okay, so let's end on this note. How many couples, bachelor or bachelorette couples, do you think are still together? Okay, if we have maybe a total of 30 plus seasons, right? Something like that. I'm going to go with, um, from Leeds, not Bachelor in Paradise, I'm going to go with four. Um, It says eight, but I'm not sure if that's... Yeah. Uh, Did you check today? (laughs) Who broke up? No, I don't know. I don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if that's what couples that's including. I don't know. I got all my information from Bachelor Wiki. Whoa. So, but I, we don't know if that's including the Paradise couples or not. Like, like, uh, uh, like I would include an Ari because an Ari ended up, you, you know, it, it it worked out. But then Becca's a no, obviously. Even if Becca gets with Thomas, that doesn't count as like an official like Bachelor made it right. So Nick's a no, and then the Ben Higgins is a no. You know, those are all. Um, I mean, I can't think of other than Matt James. I'm trying to think of recent seasons that did work out. Tasha's got. I mean, for a moment, for a moment there, I uh, when I met Katie Thurston, it was the same weekend she was with Tasha. Uh, she was there with Zach Clark and Tasha, and then they all broke up at like the same time. And I was like, I somehow was oh a part of, uh, somehow was a part of this mess in some You're weird like, oh butterfly God, I effect. Involved. I drank a lot with with um, Blake that weekend, and I'm like, I wonder if. We, <laughs> Because I'm, I'm like, did my, I influence this decision? I was saying this about, I was thinking about this about you. I would, I would, lo- I would be a great instigator friend of yours because I would like try to say things to get you to like one up me in in sort of a way where like I did the same with Blake where where I was like Blake we're 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 all out is my fiance Katie Katie and Blake and I'm like Blake come on if you and I were single we'd be running this place my my fiance is like oh my gosh what an idiot but I'm just saying it to like rile him up he's like yeah and I'm getting him going he's just this big Canadian guy and we're running around and and then like a month later, they're broken up. I'm like, oh boy, what did I do? When did I start? Uh, I know what you mean, though. It's it's fun to rile people up because it's like in them confidence. Like we like to we, we poke do? it. We like to poke things. Mm-hmm. Does this thing work? Let's poke at it. Exactly. Um, speaking of poking, do you want to poke your plugs? <laughs> I don't know. That didn't make any sense. I tried to transition that. Where can everybody watch yourself? What are your plugs? Because this guy puts out great content. I put and out mad respect. Uh, just search Dave Neal on YouTube. I've got um, the Dave Neal uh, show, which is non-bachelor content. I started to make, which has gone super viral this week, talking about Johnny Depp's court trial. So we've had um, uh, hundreds of thousands of views on that, which is nice to finally get non-bachelor love because I don't want all my eggs in one basket. But um, and then for stand-up, <laughs> uh, Instagram at D Neal's D N E A L Z. 
anyone wants to come to a show, um, I'm performing all over. I'm in Chicago end of May. Uh, I'll be back in Boston, New York, and um, I'm in Burbank uh, May 12th. So if anyone wants to come see me, go find me on Instagram for tickets. I'm so glad that you're here. I wish we could talk longer. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's Demi Goddess. You better give us a five-star rating and review if you know what's good for you. Just kidding. But please be sure to tell your friends. You can follow me at Demi underscore not underscore Lovato on Instagram and at D-E-M-L-I-A on TikTok. That's at Demlia. Demi Goddess is available on all podcast platforms or you can watch this full episode on our Eve YouTube channel. So rate, review, and subscribe. Bye! Demi Goddess is part of the Eve Podcast Network and a Forever Dog production. Executive producer, Tracy Soren. Producer and editor, Clementine Yost. Development executive, Mariah Nicholas. Engineer, Sebastian Portuondo. Theme song by Gabe Lopez. Cover photo by Stephanie Sayas. Forever Dog Productions is Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm.